Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Wine, Repeat, a podcast for all you wine lovers who, if you're like me, just cannot get enough of the good stuff. I'm Yanina Doyle, your host, brand ambassador, wine educator, and sommelier. So stick with me as we dive deeper into this ever-evolving, wonderful world of wine. And wherever you are listening to this, cheers to you. Hello, welcome back to part two with Master of Wine, Siobhan Turner. And this episode, we're going to be talking about a Canadian wine region, or Carnarvon Valley. Now, as you'll soon learn from Siobhan, Cabernet Franc, the grape variety, grows very well in the Okanagan Valley. Now, with Cabernet Franc, expect this amazing peppery perfume. You get these raspberry violet notes. There's also like this mineral edge, like a bit of graphite or olives and a green note. Sometimes it'll have that bell pepper and also tobacco. It has medium-high acidity, and then it has these medium-ish tannins that are always just lovely and gentle and soft, and it dances. It's a very lively, vibrant, perfumed grape variety that you need to know about. Now, it's pretty much thought that it originated from the southwest of France on the Spanish border, but you'll find the majority of Cabernet Franc vines planted in the Loire Valley in the north of France, and then also a little bit further south in Bordeaux. Now, about a half of all the Cabernet Franc vines around the world are in France, and if anyone is discrediting Cabernet Franc as a superior grape variety, this is the grape variety that is used in many of the most premium wines of Bordeaux. As an example, the Premier Cru Classe A, this is the top level in Saint-Emilion, Chateau Cheval Blanc always uses a high percentage of Cabernet Franc. In fact, two-thirds of their vineyards are planted to this grape variety. And perfect timing for this episode, Chateau Angelus, who also have the highest ranking, the status Premier Cru Classe A in Saint-Emilion, they just released, it's their first vintage, the Hommage à Elisabeth Boucher 2016 and it is a 100% Cabernet Franc vines. Now, Cabernet Franc can actually handle hotter and colder climate. It's actually much better than Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot, by the way. So you're going to find it growing quite well in Tuscany, for instance, in Italy, but also it's around in Hungary, in Argentina, Chile, South Africa, Spain, and of course, it's doing rather well in some of the wine regions of Canada. And that is what we're going to focus on today. So enough of me blabbering on. It's over to Siobhan. Right, so I feel like it's time that we talk about wine and talk about a wine region that quite clearly you have a little bit of a soft spot for. (laughs) (laughs) So your research paper is on the Okanagan Valley in British Columbia in Canada and specifically on Cabernet Franc. So just where did you grow up in Canada? Did you grow up in British Columbia? No, not at all. I grew up in Winnipeg, which is pretty much, if you draw a line along a little bit north of the Canadian-American border, Mm -hmm. if you draw a line between east and west and get to the middle, that's about where I was. Okay, fine. It's as flat as a pancake and (laughs) a 10-hour drive from anything of a comparable size. Fair enough. And also in terms of like Canada, I mean, you've got British Columbia or Ontario really, haven't you, in terms of wine regions? I know Nova Scotia and Quebec are getting a bit... Nova Scotia is is growing as well. And I believe um, 
particularly for sparkling wine at the moment. Mm. Um, it's interesting because actually Nova Scotia and not not the Okanagan, but Nova Scotia and Ontario, the Niagara Peninsula, they are surprisingly far south. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at you know something roughly on a latitude with um, Bordeaux or slightly further south. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously there are other climatic factors there, but the Okanagan goes from the 49th parallel up to about the 51st. Okay, yeah, and for anybody who doesn't have a map of Canada in front of them, which they probably don't. Um, (laughs) British Columbia is pretty much on the west, in the far west, isn't it, of Canada? Yeah, British Columbia is is the western side. Um, But to put it into context, uh, Canada's huge, and it would take me uh, roughly four and a half to five hours to drive uh, from the Okanagan Valley to Vancouver over two mountain ranges. Gosh, four and a half hours. Yeah. But But then those mountain ranges, am I right thinking that the Okanagan really benefits from that because actually it protects them a lot from rain? It gives, they are definitely in the rain shadow. Mm -hmm. um, But at the same time, they've got this ample reservoir of um of water mm-hmm. in the lakes yes um so it is effectively an extension if you've ever been to the columbia valley it's it's a northern extension of the columbia valley mm-hmm. uh with added lakes and it's utterly 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 beautiful that is exactly what i've heard and everything i've looked at is stunning so i assume you've spent a decent amount of time especially having done a research paper on this valley um investigating can you just talk to us about if you're there because i know that the northern part is much cooler and wetter the southern part is warmer and drier but can you just paint a picture for us okay so if you imagine the valley between two mountain ranges Mm -hmm. with a series of really gorgeous lakes going down <laughs> the middle of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the mountain ranges are quite high. So there's a real difference between the uh, morning side and the afternoon side. Okay. Um, the western side of the valley gets the morning sun. So it tends to have grapes that are a lot cooler in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. And then the afternoon side of the valley on the on the east gets the afternoon and evening sun and that gets you know much riper much much warmer Mm, okay um it's a very continental climate Mm -hmm. it has you know quite extreme heat and less extreme cold because it's mitigated by the the lakes yeah but you know i'm putting that into a canadian context so it is regularly over 35 degrees in the summer okay um, less regularly, but still quite frequently, down below minus twenty in the winter. Minus twenty, oof. Yeah, but most of the plantings are on quite steep slopes, so uh, okay. they are protected in that way, mm. and they do have obviously some frost protection from the lake. But that's winter freeze is one of the the big risks for the grapes in the valley, and then going if you think about the valley, the bottom of um, Okanagan Lake is a small town called Penticton. Okay. And more or less north of that town is cooler. It does Chardonnay. It does some lovely Pinot Noirs. And it does 
some of the best Riesling I have ever tasted in my entire life. Ah, um, really okay. bright, fresh, searing acidity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's that kind of if you think in a European context, maybe Baden, okay, mm-hmm. uh, faults that kind of thing, where yeah. you can get the lovely Pinot Noirs, but this stunning, stunning acid mm. uh, in the Riesling. So that's fantastic. Um, further south, the lake effect isn't quite. The lakes aren't as big okay. and as dominant. Um, it's much drier. It's by the time you get down to the American border, it actually is officially a desert. Um, and there you get really, you can get quite extreme heat. Okay. There are a lot of Merlot plantings because that's what everyone planted when they first started. Um, and they didn't really care about the clone. They just knew it made quite easy drinking red wine and that's what (laughs) it's used for. Okay. There are some people making, um, more expensive Merlot, Mm -hmm. but I don't, think there's really anyone who seriously thinks that it is the top quality wine for the region. Mm. On the other hand, you've got Cabernet Sauvignon that people are really usually trying to make in the way a bit like a slightly turbocharged, um, well, no, not turbocharged. They're they're trying to make it a bit like a a Napa, a slightly cooler Napa. Okay. Um, And then there's some stunning Syrah. And, of course, my favorite, the, the Cabernet Franc. Now, Syrah can be absolutely gorgeous, yeah. but has a slight problem because it's very, very vulnerable to winter kill. Ah, okay. So it's really tough to get Syrah vines with any age on. Because they get cracking and then, unfortunately, whoop, get wiped out again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. That's a shame. Let's go to Cabernet Franc. So okay. is this your favorite grape variety in the Okanagan? yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. Favorite red. I'll I'll lay claim to the Riesling, but but it's definitely my favorite red. <laughs> I th- I was gonna say yeah, is re- the way you were just talking about the other Riesling. Yeah. That's got to be okay. Right. Well, that's rather convenient because we happen to have we a do. glass of Cabernet Franc in front of us. So that's so exciting. So we both have a Mission Hill family estate who actually I believe are one of the originals from Okanagan one of the first wineries they go back to 1981 yes when yeah. did Okanagan really get planted well it it had been planted to a lot you know it's been planted for a long time mm. um, particularly with a wave of German immigration but a lot of it was planted to hybrid grapes or to um yeah, mainly mainly hybrid grapes. Some of the original Vitus Labrusco grape yeah. varieties, um, mm-hmm. and then in the late nineteen eighties, Canada joined what was then the North America Free Trade Agreement (NAFTA), which mm-hmm. came into force in nineteen eighty nine, and there was a realization that they were never going to be able to compete on equal terms with things coming out of California's Central Valley. Um, yeah. In, to be fair, not just price terms, but also quality. Um, If you've got that climate that can ripen grapes like that, you know, it's just not going to work. So the Vintners Quality Alliance was created around the same time. Yes. Which mandated 100% BC grown grapes for BC VQA wines. 
And at the same time, there was this huge ripping up of the old hybrid vines and replanting. So most of the vines in the valley date from not much earlier than 1990. Wow. Okay. So Mission Hill that we're drinking now, really, yeah, yeah. they are one of the, the pioneers. And uh, just a comment you said about the Vintners Quality Alliance, people will find that on the bottle, VQA, and you mentioned BC, which I am obviously assuming stands for British Columbia, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> just just go with what seems right. So yeah. And in fact, you get this on the bottle, Okanagan Valley, BC, VQA, because there is still, is there still the practice going on quite a lot in Canada where they're importing in juice and then kind of bottling it in Canada? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah yeah so anyone who wants to know a certain level of quality look for the vqa basically yes, on, the, on the label okay perfect yeah. so we're having the vistas edge cabernet franc 2019 and i've been waiting for this right okay let's <laughs> let's let's go 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 let's do this and in fact perhaps you can um well obviously taste this wine i'd love to hear what you think of it but then maybe how you are analyzing it and what a cabernet franc should taste like perhaps you can give me a bit of that as well but okay well Mm. you look at it and it's sort of a i would call this a medium cherry red color it's Mm -hmm. really bright in color i Mm. I think it's a a gorgeous color super bright um but but very very much on the the red spectrum rather than you know orange or purple yes and it's got these really Lovely. And again, very bright. It, it's clearly a New World wine from its nose. It's got these bright cherry, but at mm. the same time, this hint of tobacco leaf. Yep. You say tobacco leaf. I get like an, even a little bit of kind of pencil shavings or a bit of like incense sticks, kind of. That's just my little vibe. Yeah. So, so pencil shavings to me say, um, I agree with you. I agree they're there. They say more to me... Um, Bordeaux grape variety than mm. specifically Cabernet Franc, where it's okay. the tobacco leaf that takes ah, me to Cabernet right. Franc. I see. Now I'm getting in the way and I'm ruining this. Right, I'm going to shut up. Mm-mm. I'm going to give my no because you're going through why you think it's Cabernet Franc. Right? So well, right, please continue. Please continue, <laughs> teacher. Please. The, the main reason I think it's Cabernet Franc is because it says so on the label. <laughs> <laughs> stop it! Stop was... it! That you're losing your magical power. That was Michael Broadbent's um, top tip. One glance at the label is worth a, a thousand wines tasting experience. <laughs> no, come on, um, be serious. But, be serious. So for me, it's got this, it, it also has a, um, a really lovely texture, this wine. I find it's got, um, it's got this bright fruit. There's also some, there's a, a little hint of oak in there. Mm. but it's not overpowering yeah, very very mm. restrained isn't it mm. Mm. but it is giving it some texture it's a very young one this is only 2019 and i'd say it's probably got several years to go for sure um and i've got really lovely fine tannins and it's it's lasting mm. a long time in my mouth mm-hmm. it does have um very high alcohol 14 and a half mm-hmm. but um, this is actually lower than Mission Hill has been in, in previous years. And I, oh, really? I have to say, I, I do applaud them pulling mm. back on the alcohol. Okay. Um, I think it it is better to show some restraint in that, in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's very much a new world wine, but I think it's showing ver- some of the lovely elegance that you can get from the Okanagan as well so Mm -hmm. it's not um it's not too souped up 
It's yeah. um, it's got power and it's got juice and ripeness to it, mm. but it also has a freshness. Yeah, and it's got a, a persistence and and textures that are giving it complexity in my mouth. I really like it. I really like this too. I think it's very lifted and aromatic yeah. on the nose, yes. and I I think that's personally my feeling towards Cabernet Franc. In fact, I think Jancis Robinson describes it as like the feminine side of Cabernet Sauvignon, you know, in a way. I think she said it, but it, it's, it's always, for me, very pretty. Yes. And this wine, as I've got it in my glass, it's coming out, that perfume is coming out more mm. and more and more. And I think that is the essence of Cabernet Franc. Mm. So yeah. in my mind, it's got that perfume that you find in the Loire, for example. Yes, 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 um, yes. But it's got more ripeness and more juiciness. And I think it's got qualities in this wine that you don't find anywhere else. It's not trying to be a Napa wine. It's not trying to be an old world wine. Mm -hmm. It is just itself. And that's one of the things I love about the Okanagan Cabernet Franc. Yeah. And you know what? It's nice. I don't know about you. I assume you poured a little in advance, but the fact that it's had some time in the glass and it's really opening up. I love the fact that it's elegant and fresh. I think you said elegant, didn't you? It really yeah. does taste elegant. But the structure behind it, those tannins, they're mm. very, very fine. But there's a nice kind of grippiness to them. Like I get it almost something a bit more autumnal, some crushed leaves in there as well. So I get this that lovely texture that goes yeah. with the freshness and the fruit. The texture is very definitely there. It's got some nice grip to it. It's mm -hmm. got a polish, but it is true to the grape's origins, I think. Mm. I'd still say it's interesting because you've got that texture, but I would still put it in the more silky category as well. Definitely, I just think for anyone from my point of view, if they wanted to know what Cabernet Franc is, you've got concentration, you've got lots of fruit, but it, it dances, it's vibrant, it's fresh, and it's never going to feel too heavy in your mouth. I mean, that's why you can chill it down, right? Even yeah. this, this is seen. Uh, it says it always. Oh, I love the fact that they give you the information on the back. By the way, everyone, this is Clonal Selection 214. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to say on the Clonal Selection 214? Um, I can tell you that in all my research, only one person mentioned Cabernet Franc clones to me. Mm -hmm. And it was a viticulturalist, and in doing so, he dismissed it as relevant. <laughs> okay, irrelevant. Okay, everyone, it's 214, but we don't need to know about that. It's actually 15 months in French oak barracks and 25% new, but I think they've integrated that beautifully well. I think they have, yeah. The one thing they don't tell you that I would like to know is what the rootstock is, because yeah. that, I think, is really important. A lot okay. of the valley was planted on SO4 just because that's what they had. Okay. And there's been a, a trend to sort of pull back from that and start planting more on 3309 and in particular on Repair Gloire. Okay. And that, I think, that is, is really interesting because it, it gives... Um, you know, it helps control the vigor much more. And that's what you really need to do with Cabernet Franc is, is control its vigor and stop it from getting too weedy. Okay. Um, and so what presumably you say, does that also, the herbal notes, like Cabernet Franc is known for yeah. uh, maybe bell pepper and just herbaceous in general, leafy aromas, maybe some chili pepper, whatever, these kind of mm. aromas and flavors. Do you find that actually it keeps that at bay by... I think it, I would hate to lose all of those. Yes. Um, I think I, I can sort of 
the capsicum I can live without, but the mm-hmm. the slightly leafy, well, like I said, tobacco leaf, I, I mm. really like that in Cabernet Franc. So you want some of it, yeah, but you don't want it overpowering. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So just the rootstocks, because I'm, I know nothing mm. about rootstocks. The rootstocks you've mentioned, I know, as in I've read them, yeah. but it doesn't mean I know anything of them. So the last two that you've, coming away from SO4 and going over to the other two, both of them basically are very good rootstocks in all types of soils um, to control yields or in just specifically the soil types of Okanagan oh, Valley. Oh God, that is... Um... Oh dear, did I open up a... That's a that's a huge category. It it really <laughs> depends on the soil and mm-hmm. what you want from and the grape variety and and what you want from it. So if you're you know looking to control vigor, then you're looking for something more like a riparia gloire in the soils of the Okanagan. Okay. Because generally that the riparia gloire really likes a sort of damper soil. Okay. So it struggles a bit in in the Okanagan, and that's good. Okay, yeah, exactly. We want to stress them out, right? Yeah. Is the soils very consistent? I mean, this is like 150... No, yeah. not at all. It's very heterogeneous. Mm. Um, yeah. So just going back to the um, the 3309, the big thing about 3309 is that it's it's very cold-hardy, um, ah, and that's okay. really important. Okay, all right. Um, interestingly enough, there are actually some producers, because there's not a huge phylloxera pressure. There is phylloxera, mm. but particularly on the sandy soils, there's not a huge phylloxera pressure. And some of them are planting on own roots, um, mainly because it helps avoid grafting breaks in the cold winter. Ah, okay. All right. But I suppose this is with, with many wine regions now you know the old world france italy they've been established for a really long time and the rest of us and the new world we're just playing catch up and that's where i think the new world and especially you know something like Okanagan, where really they've only started working with vitas vinifera vine since what like the 1990s you say really that is 30 years 30 years of history compared to thousands that we have in france it's so young and when you think about the quality and of course the quality makes sense now because winemakers can fly around the world and work wherever with whomever and bring back all that knowledge so we can do it so much faster but still you've got to really understand your own terroir right and really play around and it's experiments as well isn't it they're very much still learning about their terroir they're very Mm. much still learning what's going on there are a number of producers in the valley who have winemakers who have you know come from you know Ross Wise is at uh, Black Hills Estate he is a, a Kiwi uh, David Patterson I think is also from New Zealand uh, Grant Stanley at Spearhead is from the he's from BC but okay. he's worked in New Zealand and he's worked in Burgundy so there there are a growing number of people who have worked around the world and of course you know the big one for me is, is Ben Bryant at Mission Hill Mm. Um, but there are also, you know, quite a few people who've, who've never really worked as a winemaker other than in the Valley. And I think it's important that, that they do travel and they see particularly styles, not of wine that are, are different and they see what can be done. Yeah. Um, and that's how, if, if you think about what Australia 
has, you know, the, the change that's happened in Australia in the last 10, 15 years mm-hmm. and the excitement that that's producing there. And that's from a lot of people traveling the world, seeing what's being done in, in different parts and then coming back and going, okay, well, maybe we can do that here yeah, and trying it. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but then they try something else. And now they're taking that back and taking it elsewhere. And it's so exciting to see how that that translates. But I think the Okanagan will benefit from that more in a few years time. Yeah, so people need to pay attention, start drinking now. I mean, sadly, in the UK, we don't have many of it. But we do have this bottle, which, my gosh, I will let everyone know later when I found some retailers, if there is retailers, because I actually don't know. But um, we we were talking beforehand, weren't we, Siobhan? We're guessing this is probably about £40 if it is retailing in the UK. So I'm going to get back to you, everybody, on this. But, <laughs> but it's worth it. I promise you it's worth it. You, If you would spend £40 on a bottle of wine somewhere else... The the quality is is here isn't it it absolutely is and the one thing i would say is is you know bibendum do sell it so maybe they would sell a case and it would definitely benefit from although it's gorgeous now so this oh, could be challenging yes. but i think this would benefit from a few years aging so maybe allow yourself you know three bottles a year <laughs> and everyone guess what if you buy it like this is not a mouton rothschild it's not going to be counterfeited you're fine <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be safe. Yes, exactly. Now, just to finish off on the Cabernet Franc conversation, the reason that we are drinking Cabernet Franc is because you did your research paper, which was titled A Potential Signature Red Variety. So your research paper for the Master of Wine. Um, What was the conclusion? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, let's let's go back slightly and say that I I examined this on the basis of of four criteria. Mm -hmm. Um. And the the criteria were looking at to what extent Okanagan Cabernet Franc has the viticultural qualities to succeed in the Southern Okanagan, mm-hmm. because the Northern Okanagan is at the moment a bit too cold. Um, so yeah. whether it has the viticultural qualities and the answer to that was a definite yes. People loved it. Um, Great. <laughs> whether it had the, um, in the opinion of wine professionals in BC and London, the quality to compete successfully on a domestic and international stage. Mm -hmm. And again, the answer was a definitive yes. People loved it. Um, Then, so so we have two ticks out of four so far. (laughs) It's going well so far. What about the next one? Um, And then the next one was whether it had the backing of industry professionals. And this really ah. was tricky. Um, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> the, uh, the sort of non-producing wine professionals, so the people who were selling wine, restaurant restaurant wine directors, um, wine merchants in BC, and those who are, again, restaurant consultants, sommeliers, retailers, distributors mm-hmm. uh, in the UK were absolutely convinced of the need for a signature variety for a region that is trying to make its mark outside of its own very limited domestic market. And and in mm-hmm. Canada, it's actually really 
from BC through Alberta into Saskatchewan, but they don't really drink a lot of wine in Saskatchewan and into Manitoba. And that's about where its domestic market stops. Okay. Because Ontario wines go, you know, Ontario eastwards and then Quebec drinks French wine. Mm. Um, so it's actually, an, it's not a Canadian market per se, it's a Western Canadian market. Mm. And the, like I said, the wine professionals who weren't producers were absolutely convinced of the need for a signature variety. The producers were much, much less so. And there's no appetite, it feels, in the producing community in the Okanagan to really start thinking about promoting a single variety or even a yeah. single red variety. They have a sense that they want to promote diversity, and I can understand that. Mm -hmm. I do feel that starting from where they're starting, they should get one thing known. It's a bit like if you think about Austria. Austria has a huge variety of amazing grape varieties, but they started with Gruner Veltliner in terms yeah. of you know, bursting onto the world stage. Mm -hmm. And and still have. And it's and that's what yeah. makes probably Austrian wine special and unique, right? It is. And mm. now they can sell Blaufrankisch and Zweigelt. And I had a Rutgipfler the other day in a mm -hmm. restaurant in London. Mm -hmm. And they can sell their, their Riesling and their Pinot Blanc and their Sauvignon Blanc from Styria. But they started with Gruner Veltliner. Yes. And they yeah. wouldn't have started as phenomenally if they'd gone well we've got Blau Frankish mm -hmm. and Zweigelt and Rock Gipfler and all these other great varieties and yes. we're just really diverse <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I fully understand. And funny enough, you say that working, as I mentioned to you earlier, my day job for a Chilean winery, one of the most wonderful things about Chile as a country is the diversity. And they're always trying to sell that message. And it is an important message. However, yeah, <laughs> because it's a big message, it doesn't actually help. It's good if you are um, a person, a wine consumer that wants to discover and you're willing to go, go in and really get to know that region. But it does make things a hell of a lot easier if you want people to come across to you wherever you are. Yes, one message, one simple thing. Yeah. And then go from there. Totally agree. So at the moment, within the valley itself, that isn't that isn't seen as important, which I okay. find really quite sad. <laughs> um, and then my fourth criterion was whether it produces a wine with a defined style. And the answer to that is, is a very definite no. Okay. Um, we've got an example of what you might call style A here, which is um, it's it's probably a slightly, you know, A-ish, this one. Um, and I say A-ish because it's only had... 25% new oak, which is relatively restrained. And I think the oak is beautifully integrated, okay. but it's still that really quite ripe and it has had, you know, the new oak. What you find with a lot of them is that they have you know, 50 to a hundred percent new oak. Okay. So big blockbusters. And they are, this is 14 and a half. They're, they're you know, they're well above 14 and a half percent alcohol. They're very, very ripe. And then if the other style, so you might call that style B, mm. is very little new oak and much lower alcohol. So 12 and a half, 12 sometimes, fermented in concrete. And they're very different beasts. Yeah. So actually Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> 
depending on where. So yeah, so then I suppose then it's confusing for the consumer. It is confusing because they don't know what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, again, I that might be surmountable if mm. there's a huge focus on Cabernet Franc, but there isn't. <laughs> You tried though. I tried. <laughs> well, no. I've given up. <laughs> no, and, and so you shouldn't. Tasting this beautiful Mission Hill Cab Franc, apart from the fact that it's divine, and as you said, it can I, really, it's only going to get better for quite a few more years. It really You've is. only just had this research paper released. I did. You know, as you go off into the world as you are now, a newly qualified and rather passionate and motivated <laughs> master of work. Uh, people are going to say hey talk to us what's your thing what's your deal and you're going to be like Cabernet Franc from Okanagan Valley and you know let's let's see what happens absolutely maybe you plant the seed whilst you plant the seed I shall drink (laughs) (laughs) I've just I've I've been spitting religiously but I've just poured a little bit more into my glass so I am this is just beautiful I was planning to have a dry day today, but I think that's gone. <laughs> Oops. Well, sorry, but that is not my fault. That is Mission Hill's fault. So, um, And actually, Mission Hill, I don't, I personally don't know much about many wineries in Okanagan. Obviously, Painted Rock, I really love as well. Yeah. Um, they, they get a big tick from me. And they do a gorgeous Cab Franc too. Oh, they absolutely do. And that was actually my favourite of the range. But I have to say, for anybody who wants to try Mission Hill, I mean, they're winning awards left, right and centre. Winery of the Year yeah, as well. They are. And, and it's Tell a me. real labour of love from Anthony von Mandel, who um, he owns a sort of drinks come here owns white claw and mike's hard lemonade um ah okay but he he pours his passion into mission hill and there's a a really stunning winery at the top of mission hill um <laughs> on the the west side just off in west Kelowna, and it's well worth a visit if anyone ever does go to the okanagan if only to actually have a stunning vista of a large part of the northern part of the valley Mm. and they've got an award-winning restaurant i hear they have an award-winning restaurant and beautiful weather and they do lovely concerts oh okay mission hill if you're listening can you invite (laughs) me please i'm ready to come (laughs) or invite me back there you go can you have us both please um we'll be very happy to come oh but thank you so much like i think anyway People need to discover Cabernet Franc as a great variety because it's... I completely agree. It's an international variety. It's the father of Cabernet Sauvignon. It has amazing history and yet still, for some reason, even in the Loire Valley, hasn't got the same reputation as many of the other great varieties, let alone, obviously, this beautiful example that we have in front of us from the Okanagan Valley. So, guys, get these bottles. Get trying. It is just stunning, isn't it? It's it's just mm-hmm. that perfect match of that beautiful floral, elegant style and, and the ripeness. I think this is just perfect, actually. I'd have this, by the way, with like um, a lamb with olives and then some like grilled tomatoes. I get a bit of tomato leaf as well. I'm getting more. Oh, I can almost taste that now. <laughs> yes, there you go. That is what I want right now. I might just have to go down to the ginger pig and buy myself some. Oh, do it. There we go. Thank you, Mission Hill. Thank you for the, the, the gift of this beautiful wine. We appreciate it. Um, and thank you, Siobhan, for your time. You My pleasure. You are personally 
inspiring oh, and going back you. to the episode before where we were talking about master wine and you said you wanted to be a master wine because of those inspiring people that you met you've done the exact same thing you've got me excited <laughs> you've got me feeling passionate and uh, reminding me why I am in this wine industry oh, this beautiful you. beautiful industry so I appreciate your time so chin chin <laughs> and salutes cheers to you and um, we'll talk again in a few years when Cabernet Franc is the most signature great variety of Okanagan valley thank you for sorting this bottle (gasps) you are so welcome cheers thank you take care bye okay bye-bye so i'm feeling rather confident now that if you weren't already you're all mega fans of the great variety cabernet franc the parent great variety of cabernet sauvignon and what i didn't mention also merlot and carmenere and perfect timing On the 4th of December, 2021, it is Cabernet Franc Day. So if you're listening to this on release, you have a few weeks to go and find a delicious bottle of Cabernet Franc. If you do want to get a bottle of this, if you're in America, lucky you, just look online. There's loads of options. I have managed to find one retailer so far in the UK that is stocking this delicious Cabernet Franc Vistas Edge from Mission Hill. And that is Kemrick's Wines, which is in Fulham, London and they're retailing this wine at 50 pounds but I have been told the good old logistical problems that are affecting our whole world and stock issues in the new year if you're listening to this there should be more options in the UK so I shall finish off with my wine quote and this is from the owner of Chateau Tanunda in Barossa Valley so an Australian winery so his name is John Geber obviously that also gives you a hint that there is also Cabernet Franc in Australia as well and he says Cabernet Franc is the Chanel number five perfume of any wine it just lifts you it's amazing And I had to use that quote because I fully agree. So go out, get your bottles, get ready for Cabernet Franc Day. Thank you as ever for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Like the podcast if you can. Please leave a comment. It really helps the podcast become more discoverable. Share this podcast over all your social media platforms and with all your wine-loving friends. Don't forget, you can always message me, Instagram, at eatsleep underscore wine repeat. And of course, check out what I'm drinking during the week. And email me if you don't have Instagram, yanina at eatsleepwinerepeat.co.uk. So I'm raising my delicious glass of Mission Hill Cabernet Franc. And until next week's episode, cheers to you.